to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. I don't know. That's the other thing too is like language changes. So right. like it, I, I can't handle it when people put a moral standard on language and then and then imp- imply that it was wrong for another like culture mm-hmm. generation. It's like I've said this before, like in the Philippines, if you if you do your hand like your fingers up in the air and like Beckon pull your finger like you're yeah. saying come here, that's really degrading. Sure. You have to do it with your fingers pointing down. So like you can't say hmm. Filipinos can't say Americans are all idiots for using your finger up when you say come here. It's, yeah. You can't imply morals a moral standard on another culture and expect it to work it's just right well it's i mean even in a really simple thing like uh tradition in america right says that black cats are unlucky or that 13's Mm -hmm. unlucky and yet in china both of those things are very lucky Mm. and so it's just it's perception it's culture i think that what we i think you're right mike i think what we tend to do is we tend to take our the thing that we think is right Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there is, we would agree, all three of us, that there's universal truth, but universal truth is grounded in who God is and, yeah. and mm-hmm. the person of God and what God, but, uh, but like, it's really difficult and inappropriate. It's the post, I mean, it's a postmodern mindset that is integrated into culture. Yeah. I, I think it, therefore truth, it's right. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Which people think is being inclusive, but you're actually separating. Exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. You're creating a whole new world of segregation. Yeah. Somebody was saying the other day, they were saying, you know, that people are going, look, I'm, I'm not a male or female. I'm not, I'm not binary like that. I'm non-binary. And mm-hmm. so they said, okay, so now there's a category called binary and non-binary. So there's so, two categories. So now you're binary again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I fall into this binary category, not this binary category. Yeah. 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 That's funny. <laughs> Since I'm non-binary and you're like, binary, like, oh, wait, now there's a binary system again. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy I knew in college, the same vein of thought. Um, he, he came up to me one day. He was super excited. He was like, dude, we're starting an anarchy club like, on campus. I was like, wait a minute, you're going to have, you have to have a governmental structure to have a club on any university campus. Like you have to have a president and vice president. Yeah. I was like, and that's an anarchy club. Like, anarchy club. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, Hey, well, hey. hey, let's come over to the corner. That's best club on earth, right? Let's go Time to Pierce's up. culture corner. <laughs> Versus Culture Corner Club, the PCCC. The PCCC. PCCC. It's a new year. Why not? You know. Why not? Why not? Every year we'll just add a new C. Dude, I I, I thought that I was having another stroke the other day. I saw Uh-oh. so Passion twenty twenty three. I think is happening this week, but around Christmas time they were advertising for Passion twenty twenty four. I saw and I, that, and I was like, "Wait, what is next year?" <laughs> like, pull my phone. I'm like, "It's we're still in twenty twenty two. And they were like, "Save on twenty twenty four today." And I was like, "What?" Wait, wait can, you haven't even had 2023 yet. It's not even It hasn't even happened. Yeah. Can, can we wait? Uh, so this December, uh, I had I went on a trip to Hawaii. I wore my tourist shirt today. Yeah, you did. Hawaii. Waikiki Beach. Waikiki Beach. I do remember how to pronounce that one. I don't remember all the words of the places I went to. But speak. side note, speaking of being a white person who doesn't know how to handle race and stuff, you, you walk into this culture that is kind of encouraging you to say things like aloha, to do the shaka, to do these things. 
But every now and then I felt super awkward doing it. I was like, I don't want to initiate the aloha. I don't want to walk into a store and be like, aloha, and just be like that tourist slash that white guy. Yeah, you totally would have looked like that. <laughs> no, so, but there was this one uh, older white dude who Did ran- Did you have the sunscreen just on your nose? Yeah, I know, yeah. And I was wearing like short safari shorts and, <laughs> and only a, a uh, floral shirt, like yes, nothing underneath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did go to this old, there's surf shop and this older white guy was very nice, very accommodating. He was busy. He had a lot of paperwork on his desk and we just kind of walked around and looked at everything. And when we left, he looked up and he was super stoked. He goes, aloha guys. And I was like, aloha. Bye. Much love, man. I like it. It's uh, both ways, right? Yeah. Green yeah. and... So it's hello, goodbye. And also something, I forget how they phrased it, but when we went to the luau, it was like either like go with love or take love or something like that. So it's like a a loving greeting. Yeah. So um, we passed some stores that said serving extra aloha today. So I'm assuming that meant like extra love. Um, So yeah. And your last name is love. I know. So I'm Pierce Aloha in, uh, in what's it called? In um, No, because if it's go with love, then like I'm aloha if I go with you. That's true. You are aloha. (laughs) Uh, I had I had a friend who who I worked with at Hastings who was Samoan who gave me like a Polynesian Hawaiian type name and I meant to look it up before I went there but then the people we were staying with were like they did a test online to find their Hawaiian name and they told some people and they were like the people the locals told them like hey don't go tell people that that's your name and they were like we're not that dumb like obviously my name is Katie I'm not gonna go to somebody yeah. and be like my name is Katiti <laughs> like, just be super weird about it but anyway so went on vacation we had a, we had a friend who um who wanted to run the Honolulu marathon, who lives there, who texted my wife and said, Hey, want to run the marathon? You got a place to stay for a few days in Hawaii. So we said, okay. So we bought our plane tickets last year. Um, and then had a few months to prepare for the, Hannah just did a 10 K she's pregnant. So she was like, I don't want to, I also don't want to be exhausted the whole trip. So no she did, doubt. she did a 10 K one of the days, there was like five to 10,000 people at this marathon. It was wild. And the rest of the days we just got to explore and just, do vacation. So as far as the culture corner is concerned, I did a lot of thinking about what vacation is and like what it means and had a long flight to do that. Um, first off, I've said, at least to my friends, I don't know if I've ever said on here, but I would never categorize myself as a beach person. I'd say that most people would say there's two categories of people who travel or do vacation. There's beach people and mountain people. And okay, I would, mountain all the way. I would always throw myself in the mountain court category, even though I've never been to a lot of mountainous places. I would always throw myself in that category because my beach experiences were never that good until Hawaii. Whenever, I still wouldn't say I'm a beach person, but what I was telling Mike on the way here was that like, What's so nice is that you could have you could have the beach views and then you turn around and in Hawaii you have the mountains right <laughs> <Hey>. there. <laughs> so, what do you know? So that's what's so nice is that well, first of all, the beach wasn't hot. It was like, I mean, obviously it's December, but it was 78 degrees, breezy, no bugs. I didn't get sunburned, didn't have to wear sunscreen. Like everything was perfect about it. And I was like, I get it. I could just sit here for hours. Like we we had kind of like an off day where we were just doing whatever we wanted to do. And we showed up to the beach and we just we were like let's just sit here till we get hungry and we were there for like 45 minutes we were like do you want to leave we're like no so we literally just sat there (laughs) we just enjoyed enjoyed the beach and then we got too hungry and it was a 45 minute drive to where we wanted to eat and it was a miserable so then you're shaking (laughs) we were i was like and i was like how you doing i was like i'm just hungry i'm really just hungry don't talk to me anymore was this in the jeep yeah it's in the jeep (laughs) wait until i get the appetizers (laughs) in my belly and then we can talk about it exactly um but I got to thinking as well, like why people do vacation. And I think that like me and Hannah both described this vacation as like a perfect vacation. I begin to think like, well, why, what makes it that? And the categories, and I want to, you guys. Free lodging. Yeah. Free lodging is a big, <laughs> you can get things for free. That's a big deal. It's a big plus. Uh, I want you guys' opinion as well, but kind of the three main categories that I had thought of 
um, was a break from the norm. So like you think of a lot of people who live like in wintry areas, they're going like a tropical vacation, tropical vacation. Someone from Texas is probably going somewhere cooler or going to ski or something like that. Break from the norm or just to relax, which also all these can kind of tie together as well to relax or to do something new, Hmm. to go be adventurous, to do something new. And I think for us, and I don't know if there's, do you guys have any categories right off the top of your head that you think of that people vacation for? Uh, yeah, I mean, as a as a dad now, like I'm I'm trying to create memories for my kids and yeah and stuff like that. I think I'd like, throw that under the do something new category for yeah, sure. For yeah, sure. Um, but I think for this for us, this vacation just hit all of those points. We were That's able to awesome. we were able to sit on the beach for an hour and not have to worry about anything. We just Listen, sat there. I, I said I'm a mountain guy, but there is something about toes in the sand and watching the waves come in and hearing mm-hmm. the sound of the ocean that's very soothing. Yeah, and one of those days we got all of that plus watching people surf, and so we Super watched people cool. do tricks on their surfboards and do all this stuff and got to kind of be a part of that culture as well. And then we had to like, we went down into the mountain or into the beach that day and we thought this is great. And then we turned around and left and I thought, I hate every part of this because we went down into the beach. And so we had to climb back up this sand area. And I was like, oh yeah, climbing in sand is one of the worst things ever. (laughs) But got the, got the relax, got the break from the norm. I mean, Texas winters is always weird anyway. You got 80 degrees one day and 30 degrees the next. And people there thought that was amazing. They were like, what? Texas does what? They're like, I, because one guy was like, I bet it's freezing there. And I was like, well, when we left, it was about 82 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the doing something new. I mean, I went to Jurassic Park. I've never been to Jurassic Park before. And I got to go to Jurassic That's Park. super awesome. Yeah. And you didn't get eaten. And I didn't get eaten. There's a picture of me with a fake. If you saw it on Instagram, it's a fake T-Rex. It okay. wasn't actually a T-Rex. Yeah, I was to do the safari in one of the Explorers. No, but they had, uh, they did have one of the vehicles from Jurassic World that I took a picture with. I was going to climb into it, but then everybody was being super weird. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't get into this vehicle. Hmm. Maybe I should just stand next to it. Um, the one of the sets that they had like fully up still was from Jurassic World in the Indominus Rex um, paddock. I don't know if y'all, uh, if y'all mm-hmm. are familiar enough with the movie. Um, so they still have the observation tower built. They still have the caged area That's built. Cool. And so, yeah. So in the movie, they talk about how big it is, but I don't remember really getting a sense of that perspective until you see the dinosaur. But walking in there, I was like, holy crap, this is huge. So like it's real? Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. So the things that the parts of the official set that are still there, are all the steel bars and the observation deck, but they don't build the, uh, the walls out of cement. They just do styrofoam for oh, okay. movie sets. And so they had to replace most of that. Gotcha. Uh, but everything else is still there. Um, That's cool. Super cool. Got to hide under the tree that uh, Alex, uh, excuse me, Lex, Tim, and Alan all hid under in the first Jurassic Park. Oh, so that cool. was super cool. Yeah, there was somewhere I put that read before we went that it's like a it's, it's super small compared to what it was in the movie. And they were like, "Yeah, I probably won't be here in the next five to twenty years or so, mm. depending on the weather." So I'm like, "Well, I got to see that before then." And I. I made sure to touch everything too. I probably shouldn't have, but I was like, I'm gonna touch what they touched. So yeah. I was just touching everything, and I was like, "This is amazing." That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. Um, interested to hear from all of you guys sitting around me in the corner. Uh, I want to know more, just more about vacation. What's interesting about like about your views of vacation? What does a vacation have to be? We talked about before we had started recording about a friend who that we have. It doesn't seem like he can relax very well. <laughs> and so like, does it just, do you need more of a vacation? I guess stay, a staycation. I feel like some people need that more than they mm-hmm. do going somewhere. They just need to put, press the pause button in their own space and just sleep in their bed, stay in their, in their living room. Um, but for us, yeah, it was weird to be 32 and be like, this is the perfect vacation. That's like cool. you checked all the boxes. It's super cool. Um, so yeah, but now we're back here where it's actually cold in Texas, which is interesting and weird. Yeah, it got down um, into the 30s last night. Yeah, we got, off the, we got off the plane and it yeah. was like a, 
Uh, when we got back, we got off the plane and 40 degree winds hit us in the face. And I was like, oh, here we are. We're back in West Texas. <laughs> yep. Left uh, at 80 degrees and back at 40 degrees. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Ryan, what are we talking about today? Today, Pierce, it's a new year. New year, new me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that we wanted to do is talk uh, these first couple of episodes this year about the 456, the church that we all pastor. And why we started it, kind of some of our philosophies behind why we do things the way we do. But Ryan, why did you even start another church? Well, actually, Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> new year, new me, man. Yeah. New year, new questions. <laughs> well, actually, Pierce, uh, that's a great question. And um, for me, I, I had a, gosh, man, like 1997, I was 22 and I, I had just started really traveling and ministering at different churches all over the place. In December 2004, November 2004, there was a church where I'd met some of the people the previous summer at a youth camp, and their pastor had just retired. And they asked me if I would come fill in for them for a Sunday. And I said, sure. I was in the area, so it was near San Antonio. And uh, I went and filled in at this church, and I was... One of the guys came to me and he said, hey, I want to take you to lunch afterwards, if that's okay. I said, sounds good. And he goes, I've just got a quick meeting with our, uh, I don't know, like our pastor search committee or something like that or whatever it was. I said, okay. So I'm sitting in the sanctuary waiting after church is over and this guy comes back and he goes, hey, um, mind if I ask you a question? And I was like, sure. He goes, you think you could give us some help? And I was like, sure. So I go back into the cafeteria and they said, so our youth pastor, he was a 19-year-old youth pastor. He goes, our youth pastor just told us that he got one of the 17-year-old youth pregnant. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> and he was like, we we don't know how to handle that. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So yeah. then I handled that. Wow. <laughs> uh, for them. And, and so then they called me that next week and said, hey, would you be our pastor? And I said, no, but I'll be your interim. Mm -hmm. And for the next six, seven months, I was an interim pastor at this church. And I lived in San Angelo, but I would, on Saturdays, drive down to San Antonio and live. Oh, that's right. That's that time when you were wearing a thumb ring and they thought you were gay. <laughs> maybe, you right? thought I, maybe you thought I was gay. Didn't you say someone asked you about that? I'm, trying oh, to remember. I'm sure was, somebody did. That's like locked in my head for some yeah. reason. Like <laughs> that church it was, because it, it was, was probably my dad. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't yeah. know why I remember. I remember that specifically about that time frame because yeah. you were like yeah. so distraught that they would even ask you that yeah. question. Come on. <laughs> I was single still, you know? Uh, so 2005, I was 30, you know, almost 30. But, uh, yeah, so you I would love that thumb ring. No. <laughs> so I would drive down there on Saturdays, do Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, be in the office Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, make visitations, go to the nursing home, all that kind of stuff. And then I was their youth pastor on Wednesday nights. <laughs> and then I would drive back to San Angelo on Thursday and live in town Thursday, Friday, turn around and go back. And I did that for seven months. And while it was exhausting, I think one of the things that I enjoyed out of it the most was I'd never had an opportunity to pour into a same group of people for six months, seven months, mm -hmm. and really develop theology with people. Um, I would go in, I had been going into churches and revivals and camps and I'd get, I'd get four days, you know, Micah, mm -hmm. I'd get four days in and I'd get 45 minutes each day to say something. And so by the time you've left, you've given people <laughs> three hours worth of content and you, you might not ever see these people again. Right. And it just, so the end of the summer, 2005, <laughs> I just realized like, this is something I really want to consider more. This is something I want to do. It was not something I ever planned on doing. Uh, the following year, 
Michelle and I got married December 2006. And then um, summer 2008, we were still living in Longview at that point, Michelle and I, and I could not shake. So it had been three years. I could not shake this deep growing desire I had to start a church. And Michelle and I knew we wanted to move back to San Angelo. Uh, We knew we weren't going to stay in Longview. Uh, she was pregnant by the fall of 2008. We knew we wanted to come back right after the baby was born, Asher. And I called Micah about a year before, and I just said, hey, man, here's what I'm thinking. You want to you wanna start a church with me? At this point, Micah was still like thinking about going to seminary. And he was like, well, yeah, I might oh, yeah. be going to seminary. And, and I was like, no, don't go to seminary. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, because this, this only works in my head if you do this with me. <laughs> you know, I needed... I, I have no confidence. Mike has all the confidence. I felt like we would balance each other out. out. I was like, I really need this. And so we, by, by December, 2008, we were settled and we were like, yeah, we're going to do this. And so, uh, we started meeting in the spring of 2009, started meeting with local pastors and just letting them know, look, we're not, we're not trying to take anybody from your church. We're not trying to be in competition with you guys. We want to support you guys. Here's what God's led us to do. And, uh, our first service, our very first one ever was September 17th, 2009. It was a Thursday night. And we met on Thursday nights for nine months. And then in the spring of- So disobedient to God's call, not meeting on Sundays. <laughs> 100%. And then in the spring, joke, uh, <laughs> April or May, May, I think, May of 2010, Thursday nights became our small group night and Sunday nights became our service. And we started meeting on Sunday nights. And so- uh, and, and we did that at the time we met on Sunday nights because Micah and I both at that time, Micah, you're still traveling, but at that time, both of us were in kind of the heights or I was in the height of my traveling yeah, time. Yeah. You were really going a lot still at that point, primarily leading worship. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you're preaching more now. Cause I think you have a lot to offer that other preachers aren't bringing to these places. So I'm glad you're preaching more, but, uh, we, we felt like at that point, I mean, you're talking 2009, early two early 2010, uh, we knew that out of the 100,000 people in San Angelo, something like 85,000 of them were unchurched. Mm. And we felt like, so part of it, we met on Sunday nights and borrowed buildings because a lot of times we were doing denials or something. So we would be rolling back into town Sunday afternoon in time to set up for Sunday night. And then we would do church um, and then tear down and then start all over. Yeah. And sometimes with the sound equipment that I had with me in the trailer, yeah. wherever we were, <laughs> wherever Pierce and I were playing, mm-hmm. So like we'd roll you in. You roll in with the sound equipment. I, we would have. What's funny is like, we would have set up and torn down the weekend yeah. for yep. the event, and then driven straight back to church and set, then up, set again. up again and yeah, torn down yeah, that yeah. night. Well, but even but even before Pierce was with us, he mm. came on pretty quickly. But mm. I mean, remember when us when we were meeting in that building on College Hills and we'd set up the cross and the like oh, fifteen yeah. chairs in the corner, no you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, um. So part of it was just the nature of it for us. We were still, the way we were making a living was still traveling. And so we, we did Sunday nights, but then our thought- It was thought, a necessity. Yeah. But our thought also was there might be a lot of people who have no interest in church Sunday mornings. They're not interested in getting up. They would be interested in Sunday nights. And uh, and we tried that for a very long time and it just, it just wasn't effective. We, we didn't consider, mm, we considered it. We just didn't think it had enough weight. What we hadn't given enough weight to is that- even even though there's a lot of people that are unchurched in this area, in the San Angelo area, people still have a perspective of what church is supposed to look like. And yeah. so for them, it was still awkward. Like people would ask, when are you guys going to start a church? Yeah. Be- mm-hmm. Just for because we weren't meeting on Sunday mornings. Yeah. yeah. 
one of y'all doing your little thing that you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or people calling you saying you guys are doing this wrong. You're never going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to take pictures when we finish our new uh, building I, with all the people in it and send it to those specific people. <laughs> so yeah, there are three people that come to mind. Um, one we'll list, we'll list them in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> one, one started a church a month before we did. And within, within a year and a half, two years, they were done. Uh, two years after we were into a church, I got a call from a friend who said, um, I don't know what you guys are doing wrong. You're two years into your church. You should be running more than at that point, 25 people. Uh, and he goes, I don't know what you're doing wrong. I'm, I'm training. He, he had, he was in a year long apprenticeship to learn how to plant a church. He goes, these guys know what they're doing. Not like you guys, y'all just fly by the seat of your pants. I mean, that's, that's 11 years ago <laughs> and, and his church was done in two years. And then there was another guy that sat down with us to pick our brains about planting a church. And he said, you know, he goes, you, you guys are like 95% discipleship and only 5% evangelism. And he was like, I won't, I won't ever do church like you Which guys. is not true. It's just from his perspective of how it's done. In our mind, yeah. discipleship is the means by which you do evangelism. Yeah. A means. Yeah. So yeah. that was a stupid thought but on he, his part. He was he was very against kind of the way that we did it. He was going to do it completely different, and his lasted about a year. And so we had all these people saying, "Man, you guys aren't going to make it. Y'all are doing it wrong." And all of them who told us that are done. Uh, now, uh, all three of those people are still in ministry, and all yeah. three of those people love God. There's yeah. no question about it. Um, but all three of them had an idea in their head of what a church plant looked like and all three of them told us we were wrong mm-hmm. and we're 13 years in now and well, uh, i think part of that the the strength for us was not in how we did it but in the heart behind mm-hmm. how we had it set up so like you mentioned a second ago you felt like you wanted me to be part of it <coughs> not just because of confidence but that was part of it too is that well we we, we were good friends we and we, we compliment each together. other on yeah. those things so like i imagine if you gotten had those three conversations without me being there it would have been a little more of a shaking moment for you like, sure. than for me to go, these guys are stupid for yeah. even saying those kind of things. So like there's, there part of it is is not, I don't think the strength of what we do as a church is in the form. Right. I, I think we do the form for a specific reason. We feel convicted well, over like that, that's why. That's a conversation that you and I had from the beginning that we would never be locked into form. No, mm-hmm. yeah. there's, there's some core things for us and why sure. we do what we do, which you can talk about in a second. But like the, the, the planning of the church was not was not intent. We weren't a split. We nope. didn't say we weren't pissed at some other church nope. and left and did our own thing. It was literally us saying, "Look, we feel like there's a need we see in yep. the greater San Angelo area. Um, we feel like we there's not a lot. I mean, sad to say, there's not a whole lot of Bible like solid Bible teaching churches in San Angelo. There are a few good ones, and there's just not a lot. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be a church that does that. Yep. And so that's that's when we started it. Plus. Um, I, I, you, you are more gracious in this than I am. So you would probably do better in a situation where you went to like a, a church that was already established. I, I, it's just not in my wheelhouse. Like I'll give, I'll give you an example. I had a buddy. You need to flesh that out a little bit more. Yeah, so I'll give you an yeah. example. A buddy of mine called me um, a while back and was telling me about a situation at their church where um, the church had a clock that had two twos. Like it was one, two, two, four, like the clock was messed, like it was a misprint on the clock. Huh. So, but it had been up for a long time and he was like, this is, why do we have a clock that has two twos? We need a clock that like 
actually is a clock. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. anyway, so like it's, and he was trying to get the or church. Or get a clock with 12 twos. <laughs> there there you go. It. That would yeah. actually be kind of fun. So he was trying to get the church to think more in terms of like, let's be excellent at what we do, even sure. the little things. And so he had suggested like, what if we get a new clock? And he, as like this symbolic thing, like let's have like a, Let's have like a funeral service for the clock, <laughs> which I think is really genius because yeah. it's, it's just a clock. Yeah. But you're acknowledging that there's some attachment right. to it. There was an uproar mm-hmm. that they were changing the clock. Yeah. That's so silly. And props to him, um, bro, because I know you might be listening, like <laughs> props to you. You are, you guys are like the heroes who are willing to go to those situations. <laughs> I would have been like, are you freaking kidding me? It's a, yeah. so like, I, I wouldn't do well. In that, because for me, like we're going a direction, like we're yeah. going a direction, and I know that it's not not everybody's this way. This isn't a rule for pastors. This is just my tendency. Is like, I would love for you to join us if you have input or concern. Let me know. We can shift and change as we yeah. go. But we're going this direction. You can jump on board. If you don't want to jump on board, don't come be part of it because you're not gonna like yeah. me in this. If you if you're just like I don't like this clock being changed, and you don't give me a good reason, you're gonna get your feelings hurt. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's not. In my opinion, it's a very strong opinion. That's not a healthy way to lead a church. No. Mm-hmm. Is to is to let people continue. I'm not saying like the clock thing wasn't yeah. that big of an issue. I'm saying yeah, like the 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 I'll give you an example. That same person, the pastor that was there for 20 years before him, um, didn't deal with any of that stuff. And that's why the church is in the place that it's in. Sure. So like mm-hmm. I think that was it too for us, is we recognize we have a heart to go this direction with the church. And for us to do it in a church that's already established, we would have to spend years working that church back to a ground sure. zero, if you will, so that we could start moving forward. And, and we just felt like it was a better situation yeah. for us to to plant and move forward. I don't think that's, I wish there were more people who would do revitalization is what they call it when you go into an established church that kind of sucks and like bring it yeah. back to life. That just wasn't how we were wired. No, there's some yeah. guys who are incredible at that. And yeah. and can and I hope that there are more pastors that will go do that. It just is not, it's I, not in my wheelhouse. I didn't have the patience for it, to be honest. So the the week, the week before, the week or two before we started the church. So first week of September, maybe, very last week of August, something like that, 2009. I got, I had preached at a church um, that I had been preaching at for years, uh, um, knew the church really well. I, I had just gotten home Sunday from preaching at this church. Monday, Michelle and I are on our way to date night. We're on our way to a movie. And one of the elders from the church calls me and he goes, hey man, um, have you seen our pastor? I was like, no, buddy, I came home yesterday. He goes, yeah, yeah, I, I know. Have you, have you heard from our pastor? And I was like, what's going on? And he goes, so you haven't heard from him? And I'm like, nope. He goes, okay. <laughs> I was like, call me back. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll call you back. And I got off the phone and I looked at Michelle. I was like, well, it's either sexual sin or he stole all the money from the church. (laughs) And so after our movie, I got another phone call from the guy. And sure enough, the pastor had run off with his his girlfriend. um, Who had stolen the money? (laughs) No. (laughs) And so I just said, well, what do you need? And he goes, man, we don't know what to do. Can you come back next Sunday? Can you come preach next Sunday? I said, sure, I'll be there. Mm -hmm. So I went back and preached the following Sunday. And then they, they took me to lunch afterwards, the elders, and they said, would you be our pastor? And I was like, man, we're starting a church in two weeks. And they're like, yeah, I know. But like, we've got 400 people here that like, would you, and it's what you're saying right now, Micah. Like, I was like, no, man, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. look, and I told them, I said, we meet on Sunday nights. We're going to meet on Sunday nights. And I said, I'm happy to be with you for the next, I think I said five months. I said, I'll come, I'll drive down every Saturday and I'll preach every Sunday for five months and I'll, I'll walk you through this. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
it was, I was not interested in trying to turn that ship. No. Um, I, and, and it just, it's just not how I'm wired. I think that's it. what, mm-hmm. I think that's the point is like yeah. recognizing your tendencies and the, in the model you fit best in and being able, cause yeah, not right or wrong, just no, how no, I'm no. wired. Yeah. Right. When there's some, I know, I know probably the majority of pastors I know, I feel like are more comfortable in not a church plan. Most guys hear what we sure. did and are like, what? Like you guys basically made zero money for the first, like for salary for the first I don't nine know, years, nine years. And yeah. you just grinded it out because yeah. our heart was to have a church that was built on community. And mm-hmm. and we were certain you and I were certain that that's where we were supposed to be. Um, like there, there hasn't ever been any question in our minds. No, we still uh, get, I still get job offers. You do. Yeah, I don't. Because you're not um, on the road anymore. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I still get job offers and there's not, there's not even like a, a hint of any kind of desire in me. Like, Ooh, I'd love to go do that. No. And, and it's not because like you said, like there were <laughs> for the first six years, we didn't get a dime mm-hmm. um, of pay for the 456. We were way too small, but you know, one, one of the things that we said from the beginning is we, we, we don't want to, we don't want to go into debt. We don't want to, we don't want to focus on the form. We recognize that, there has to be a form. Your service, your church service has yeah. to have a form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there has to be a system by which you're delivering the message of Jesus to people mm-hmm. and worshiping. So there has to be form. But what we agreed on from the beginning, and I think, I mean, our, our form has looked the same since we've been out in Dove Creek. It's looked the same for three years, you're, but. No, no, you're just talking about our Sunday service form. Yeah, but the like. The form of the church has no, changed drastically. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, let me be specific. Yeah. So I remember growing up in an old school Baptist church. And I remember the preacher getting up and, or usually not the preacher, the worship guy would get up and you do your welcoming song. And then somebody would come up and read all the announcements. And then you would do two more songs. And then the special music would happen while the offering plate got passed. And like, (laughs) and that was the form. I will never forget. I will. And this is part of the reason that I think you and I were thinking this way. Like, let's not ever be married to the form. I will never forget. I went and preached at a church where I was doing a revival for a week and they said, can we take up a love offering for you? That's how we want to pay you this week. And they said, our church is usually pretty generous, but if they're not, then we'll, we'll kick in some mm-hmm. too at the end. And I said, yeah, that's fine. So what they did is they put the love offering at the end of the service every week or every night. And because it wasn't after the third song with the special music, some people lost their minds because they're married mm-hmm. to the structure of the service. Yeah. Wow. And we just, you and I, Micah said, we're just, that's just not going to be us. Like, mm-hmm. and we've tried different things and we've worshiped at the beginning and we've worshiped. It's just a, I think what we've said was here's some core things for us that we're after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Community teaching the scriptures. Yep. Um, and through those two things, uh, discipleship happens, evangelism happens, people's needs are met. Like, yeah. so those two were like the core things for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what we said was, as long as we're accomplishing those two things, we don't really care if we have to change the way that yeah. we accomplish those things, which yeah. is the form. Like it's yeah. the content remains the same and we change the form as we feel like we need to, yeah. to accomplish it. Plus, we also don't want to program people to death. No, no. I was going to say, plus like things change, like, like world changes, life's change, Mm -hmm. culture changes. So if you're not willing to change your form, then you're going to be at some point you begin to worship the form instead of the content, if you Mm -hmm. will. Yeah. Well, all of us have, man, I I told Michelle, I was like, I don't know who I'm going to have to get to help me with this, but like all of us have seen the people that are in their sixties that dress like they did and fix their hair like they did 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And they just got stuck. And it's like, 
like there's something about that that feels like, okay, dude, come on. <laughs> like but, side note, funny. It's funny to me that there, I know some people who've been rocking the mustache since the seventies. Yeah. And it's finally trendy it's again. Like yeah, I held on to it long enough where it finally became I, trendy I again. I think it's so funny how many people grew mustaches after Maverick. Mm. Like it was just like. After every, Maverick? Uh, Top Gun. Top oh, Gun okay, Maverick. Yeah. Because yeah. I was thinking Maverick. Like, Your dog? My first thought was Magnum P.I. And I was well, like, that's wild dude. bags. Maverick was, <laughs> Maverick was a movie with a. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. With a. Uh, uh, it's a card movie. I know. Uh, oh, what's his yeah, name? yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Passion of the Christ director. Mel Gibson. Thank Mel Gibson. you. Yeah. Yeah, Lethal cool. Weapon. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, so community in Christ. Like, we want we want people to know Jesus. We want people... Um, so, some of the things that are... Those are the things that are the most important to us. That we that we the, communicate... The core, the core things. Yeah, the, that we communicate Christ well. One, mm-hmm. of, one of the things that I had to do when we moved out to Dove Creek, I... I don't, this is probably not the best way to describe it, but the way that I have described it in the past is my preaching style tended towards seminary professor. Like mm-hmm. if, if I'm teaching this one text out of Matthew, I'm going to show you the 40 other places in the scripture that it <laughs> connects to. And I want you to understand how this one text in Matthew ties to the rest of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and I just realized we, we had a taught the three of us in October of uh, 2018, sorry, 2019, October, 2019, we, we had a taught that it just wasn't going to work. We were very limited on our space. We suspected at that point, and we ended up being right, but we suspected at that point we were going to need to start with two services. Mm-hmm. We were just taking 40 people out to Dove Creek, and and we we had 100 chairs, but we felt like based off of the, re- the response we had gotten over the 11 months we'd been working on the building, we thought that there was going to be an explosion of people. Mm-hmm. And first day, we went from 40 to 160. And, and so... Uh, now, granted, 20 of those people came because they love us and they wanted to be there for our first Sunday, but still, we went from 40 to 140, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And and one of the things that we knew is that, like, my hour-long seminary professor-style sermons were just not, like, we... It wasn't the best. It's not the best it way to do it. It wasn't the wisest way to accomplish the goal we were trying yeah. to accomplish. Yeah. And one of the things that I really prayed about and talked to you guys a lot about is I wanted to find a way that I could deliver deep theological truths packaged in a way that we're talking. Can we change that real quick? Sure. I think what you mean is how can you teach what the scripture says in a way that people can understand? Thank you. I'm not interested. I don't think anybody's really interested in that. When you say deep theological truths, I don't think there's like parts of the scripture that are deep and parts no, of the no, scripture no. that aren't. I, I'm with you. No, I agree. So to, to teach clearly what the Bible says, but to teach it in a way where at that point, my nine-year-old and eight-year-old can go away with the truth and a person who is a seminary graduate can come away yeah. having mm-hmm. been encouraged. Yeah. Or and, like we have now, someone who even teaches seminary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. At church. Yeah. And, and so, so we, we didn't sacrifice content. Mm-hmm. We changed the structure of the sermon. The form just looked different. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it, has, it has been amazing because we've had people who were brand new believers in our church mm-hmm. and people who probably weren't believers in our church and people, like you said, Micah, 67 years old, who have taught seminary classes mm-hmm. who are all going, wow, this is a benefit to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we believe, and I think rightly so, I, I don't think anyone could ever change my mind on this, but we believe that biblical truth, the, the Bible rightly taught, okay? The Bible rightly taught is valuable for everybody yeah. for all time. Yeah. We don't feel that there is a specific way that it has to be delivered. No, just teach it. Yeah. 
I mean, there's arguments about that, but like, I, it's funny because even like in the so-called church planning um, training you would do, that I've heard of this where they'll say like, you know, your sermon can't be more than 20 minutes. Like that's how it's, they're trained. Yeah, it's like 15 is, now. Which is interesting because what they're teaching is a form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I have no problem saying like, hey, try this form out. Like here, this form has worked for us. Sure. Try yeah. it out. But I feel like we're also not saying our form is the way to do no, it. No, gosh, yeah. no. But I think what happens is, is people are so stuck on a form. So like, yeah. I, I know that there's basically two forms of church planning models now, like the in the basics one, I forget the names that they have for them now, but one is basically like where you raise half a million dollars and then you buy a big sound system and you have a mm-hmm. big place to meet and you be, like make it a big shindig. Yeah. The, the other way is where you start with nothing and you just start in someone's living room. Like those are the two yeah. basic ways of, of starting a church. And I don't think either one's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we started the one in the living room for specific reasons, but we weren't opposed to the other one. But yeah. I'll tell you this, what I have seen in a lot of the church plants that I know of who start in the big shindig model, that's the name for it now, <laughs> like that, yeah. um, is the form becomes king. Right. Yeah. And, and that is, the model's not wrong, I don't think, but I think the idea of form being king is wrong. Yeah. Because what you're doing in that moment is you're negating some New Testament biblical models of what the church is actually supposed to be. Like sure. there's community, there's meeting each other's needs. There's, yeah. I mean, there's, there's what the what the believers did in Acts 2, which I don't think are rules when, you know, like right after all these people get saved when Peter preaches, but they're, I think they're great like applications for us sure. as believers. Like, here's what we do. We sit under the apostles teaching. We sit under the word of God, the, the, the gospel. We meet each other's needs. We eat together, like all those things. Yeah. If the form encompasses that, fantastic. But if the form is the goal, then you're not accomplishing the content goal. Yeah. And that's what mm-hmm. for us was a big deal. Yeah. And that's honestly the reason we weren't interested in, in like just jumping on board at a established church is because, I don't know about you, but I wasn't, I had been doing that for years yeah. at another church and I had seen my dad go, like, I remember my dad, my dad became pastor at College Hills in like the late nineties, 97, 96, somewhere in there. I remember him starting to teach at that time. Yeah. Like Cause just, he, he just had his 25th, uh, anniversary, like last uh, year, was right? It 25th or 30th. I think it was 30. Was it 30? Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been like 92. No, no, no. Maybe it was 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. But he just had a big, yeah. Yeah. We came, we came to the church before that, but he became the, if you will, senior pastor at that gotcha. time. So I remember him at that time, like late nineties, starting to teach through just periodically, like the biblical perspective of having elders, mm-hmm. like overseers of the church instead of having like a deacon run church and what the roles of elders and deacons are. And it wasn't until like, I remember, cause I just got married like 2003 when I remember people at the church starting to say, man, why are we not doing, doing it this way? And I was like, took them a long time to Holy catch on. crap, like six years to, mm-hmm. and I was, and when we were talking about church planning, I was like, I, I, that's just not me. Yeah. There are guys who are great at that. It's not me. Um, I'm ready to, I'm ready to roll. Let's go, let's, let's go forward. Now. And so here's the, the content things for us that were important. What we were able and are able to do now is change the form mm-hmm. to whatever we feel like we need to change it to, to accomplish the goals, sure. the, the core things for us. And it will, as long as we're here, it will forever be that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember, uh, and then I have a question for you, Pierce, but I, I, I remember we talked about this, like when we moved out to Dove Creek, we were like, we, when we had 30 people, 40 people in town, we pretty much, we knew everybody, we knew what their needs were. We were able mm-hmm. to take care of people. Um, 
when we moved out here, we knew that that was going to be a different scenario. And the first week Michelle and I were in the house, the first week, I think we had three different people come and knock on our door and asking for money because we live right next to the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be a thing now, you know? How do we handle this? And we had talked about we, different ways to handle it. And and one of the things that we came to is, you've mentioned this, Micah, three or four times, that in, in part of the community for us was meeting each other's needs and mm-hmm. taking care of each other. And so still, one of, we have a care team that meets people's needs and helps people uh, have their financial needs met. But one of my favorite things is, on our entryway table, we set out $50 HEB gift cards in little envelopes every week. It's a grocery store. Yeah. HEB is a grocery store for those of you who did not know. And so we just tell people, look, if you're at the end of your month, you're at the end of your paycheck, you need some groceries, just grab one of those cards. If you, mm-hmm. if you need, if you need three cards, grab three cards. Like but you it, don't have to ask. Yeah. Don't ask. They're just yeah, there yeah. on the entryway table next to, uh, next to like the notes and all that kind of stuff, whatever. Right. So and we tell people, if you need more than three HEB gift cards, you need more than 150 bucks in your life, take the 150 bucks and then grab one of us mm-hmm. and we'll connect you with our care team and make sure your needs are met. And so like, yeah. like we, we don't keep track of who's picking up those cards. Nope. Mm-hmm. We don't ask questions about, well, wait a minute, didn't you get one last week? Like we just keep putting them out. Yeah. And, and some people would say, well, how do you, how do you know? Like, how do you know what they're using? Like, we don't care. Like we just, we know that there's needs. We know that they're. I know that there are families, well, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that there are families in our church that don't have to feel embarrassed because mm-hmm. they're picking up grocery money this week. Yeah, yeah. And we don't want them to feel embarrassed. Like exactly. we want to just take care of them. And so uh, how we do that in the future, if if we grow and we have different. 600 people, it might look different, but the heart will be the same. Yeah, we yeah, still exactly. want to take care of each other and meet yeah. each other's needs. Pierce, tell me like... Because you came in after we had already been rolling for a couple of years. You weren't mm-hmm. with us when it was nine people or 20 people. I think with, when you showed up, we were like all the way to 30. We all the way, people. man. So Huge. Did it, and you'd been working with Micah. You'd been playing with him and traveling with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Playing bass with Playing me. bass, yeah. 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 Uh, We've been playing. <laughs> yeah. Y'all like to play together. <laughs> um, was it... Because you knew Micah so well, was it a shock for you coming into our system or were you already kind of prepared for it? Uh, I was, I would probably say that I was more so prepared for it because I think I started being more regular in like 20, when you ate fiber. Yeah. (laughs) I guess, I guess 2012. Yeah. (laughs) And I also started coming to 456 as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 2012. And then I started playing with Micah, playing bass for Micah in (laughs) 20. 11, I think. Yeah. yeah summer right. of 20, right before I turned 21. And, uh, and so, yeah, we just on the, just traveling a bunch, we had talked a lot about ministry, about family life, just had really anything and everything, but sure. a lot about, uh, church and ministry and kind of his story. And I don't know how much we talked about the 456. I actually heard more about the 456 from Katie. Um, I know you had mentioned working with Ryan and doing stuff with Ryan and we had met, when I was at ASU years ago, um, just very briefly when you come speak at the BSM and stuff like that. Uh, and Katie had started coming to the 456 as well as going to Grace Temple at the time. But I was just like, am I allowed to go? Like what's going on over there? Like if, (laughs) excuse me. (laughs) Wow. It felt, it felt more exclusive, I guess, in a sense. And I was just like, I don't know, but I'm going to go check that out. And so, um, there wasn't as much of a shock because it made sense of the way that you guys were doing things based off of how I knew Micah and kind of knowing him. But it also was just so refreshing because like you had mentioned, Micah, like there are so many churches that 
will begin to introduce certain biblical thought, biblical teaching, and then it'll take years to kind of get the get the ball rolling within that community. And I had noticed that kind of at Grace Temple where, where and this is not, not, not a slight at them at all. I think these are people who, who love the Lord, but I think it's just people who are caught in their system, who are caught in their form. And um, we had wanted to see a lot of change in the college group that I was a part of. And it was just kind of taken forever. It was just like, man, I see these people who who have a heart for Jesus, but like, what's the disconnect there? Like, we both are people who have a heart for Jesus, but why is this way harder than this way to, yeah. to get things kind of accomplished? And so coming into an environment where the the goal was Jesus, the goal, and within yeah. that, the goal was community. Like we said a second ago, like the, the core values were community and seeing the scriptures taught all with a heartbeat of glorifying Jesus. Of, yeah. of what we had, what we said whenever we first came out to the Dove Creek was we want people to to know and enjoy God. And, right. and that heartbeat was very much there when I first came in. And so it was, what was nice about it was I had grown up in a system my whole life that was like, sure, 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 no one enjoyed God. Sure, 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 the gospel, but also form, also church government, also this, yeah. also this. And it was just like, okay, I got to learn the balance of that. And then coming into um, the 456 and seeing like, oh, those things not only are secondary, but can also just be pushed aside for the sake of the gospel. And we can just put the gospel sure. to the forefront. And that's not that's not some ideal that's, that is unreachable because we're people. That's something I was taught for so long too. We, um, we had done a Bible study, um, or done a book study over radical by mm -hmm. David Platt. Yeah. And they, this was one of the first times where they had mixed at Grace Temple. They had mixed some of the college students as well. What they did was they said, Hey, we have all these topics happening. No matter your age, go pick a group. Cool. And so for us, it was like a handful of college students and then a handful of adults and then a handful of older people that had come as well. Older adults, I guess you'd say. And we, we, I remember it during the conversation, we probably sounded like we didn't know what we were talking about, but we were also didn't know what we were talking about. But <laughs> reading through this book, we were like, wow, this is, this is, this is really refreshing to see somebody who says like, okay, no matter, no matter your, if it's your finances, if it's how it's raising your kids, if it's how you interact with your job, Christ is the motivator, regardless of, of the situation you're looking at. And I've looked back at that book and I don't agree with hundred percent of what David Platt's saying, but I, I love that heartbeat of like, sure. what sucks is like, that's considered radical to bring, to be a follower of Jesus and want to bring that into every part that of your life. That was point, wasn't it? Yeah. That it seems radical, but it shouldn't be. But it shouldn't be. It yeah. should, it should be the norm. Kind of the, I think that was yeah. kind of the tongue in cheek. Exactly. With naming it radical. And, uh, and we were just very encouraged by that of like, wow, how great is that to think about Jesus, like to have Jesus's core, that's what we would mm -hmm. say here, mm -hmm. have Jesus's core, regardless of where you are in life, regardless of mm -hmm. what's going on. And the, and just the, the pushback that we were met with to just kind of radiate this, this thought that was happening. What's crazy is a lot of these people I know have changed a ton, like the Lord has worked in their heart, but I remember thinking like, wow, I guess, I guess once I get a little older and go into the quote unquote real world, then this is unattainable and this will never happen. And then I came to the 456 and I was like, oh, not only can we, can we as believers live out this, this heart of having crisis core, but we can also learn under teachers who are, who are promoting that, who are part of that. And what does suck is that that seems so radical and out of the norm, but it is it's a life that Christ calls us to. Yeah. It's a life that Christ empowers us to live um, through his Holy Spirit and also gives us each other, back to kind of the core value of, of community, gives us each other to kind of live that out. So can uh, I give you a thought on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why I think it is that way, mm -hmm. opinion. I think one of the main reasons that you see form having become the king mm -hmm. is because there are a lot probably 
if not the majority of pastors who feel like they work for the church. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are, I have experienced, and I'm sure there are more, many people with money in churches who don't have a ministry perspective of what church should function as. Yeah. And then those people are the ones with the loudest voices. And pastors oftentimes, I think, feel like if they make those people upset or run them off, then they will not get paid. And I think there's been a, this like ebb and mm. flow of like, if I if I stir the pot too much, I'm not going to have a job. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to get paid. Well, and it, we'll talk about that next week in terms of us, but the church can't fire us. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. In, in an overseer. In an overseer. Like, yeah. And, yeah, it would it, have to be. But you're right. A lot of pastors, I think, are are scared that like, man, if I don't toe the line, if I don't do what I'm being asked to do, then I'm out on my ear. Right. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't know that that's cowardice in those pastors. I think that most of those pastors really want to reach this group. And they're I like, know, I do. You think? I, I think even if it's not completely that, it's, it's at saying, least part of that. It, here's what it's implying is that what's more important to me is my financial security than being a shepherd, no matter the cost. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. how you get around that. Yeah, no, it's, you're right. I, it's, I don't know how you say it another way. Even if it, even if they say my heart is really to shepherd these people, like let's say for example, you got a church of a hundred people and this is pretty typical in my experience. You have a church of like a hundred people just for a round number. And in that church, there's five people that are like a cancer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying for the health of the other 95, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to either like stop the reason that they're yeah. being a cancer or get rid of them. Um, they, most of the time, those five are let, are let loose and like they're yeah. able to continue to do what they're doing. Bully people. So that's what I'm saying is like, you're saying, yeah, you're right. I don't actually care about the 95 enough to say yeah, you're right. these five are, even if they well, have all the money. It reminds me of a quote that I, I'm not going to be able to give you exactly, but I'll paraphrase. Paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can do that so much lately. Forrest Gump or something. <laughs> what'd, you, uh, what'd you say the other day? I don't know. Deal. Oh, the the, you, the, field. you were walking through the heels. <laughs> the heels. Ah, it's like I can't talk anymore. But uh, Tozer, who I really enjoyed Tozer, he died in 69. He, he, said, uh, he said that he would rather grow a church from 300 to 100 <clears throat> than, than to let people not really understand who Jesus is. Yep. I forget how he yeah, says yeah, it, but yeah. like basically he's like, man, he goes, I'd rather grow a church from 300 to 100 yeah. and have Christ exalted. It's the right heart. Well, it, and, and one of the things, go ahead, Pierce. I was just, yeah, one of the biggest things, if, if we, I do agree with the cowardice and stuff like that, but I think that- Okay, I'm when, wrong. When, when, but I think to make to make like an umbrella term, kind of what you're saying is, You well, know what it might be? It's hmm. it's cowardice, but they they blanket it with, well, I'm just trying to serve the church. Well, I think, I think it falls under what you're saying now is that it falls under a skewed view of success. And so like, I think mm. that the cowardice's perspective is definitely going to fall under that because their view of success is money. Their view of success- it's people. Is people. Number of people. No, yeah, exactly. It's, it's attendance. So it goes back to kind of what you guys were saying at the beginning is that, that the core value was wasn't attendance or money. The core values were the things of God, were community yeah. and teaching the scriptures well. And so when you make the core value, like, so the- Which is why we kept going year after year after year absolutely. When, when we had 20 people. Yeah, because because a godly- And weren't getting paid. Because a godly paid. view of success in that and a godly view of growth in that is much different than a worldly view of success. Which is why all of, of our friends were telling us we were failing. Absolutely, yeah. And so- not to say that those things are wrong. Like, like we no, obviously we live no. in a world where you need finances. Obviously sure. it's, it's, you have more opportunities with more people and stuff, but that's not the gauge by which you should, should see success or growth. Yeah. And I was going to say measure. So to go off your point, I think you can shepherd having a full-time paycheck, if you will, yeah. sure. and not be swayed by 
the money. Oh, sure. absolutely. You know what I mean? So like it, it is possible. So the, the fix isn't to tell all pastors you should do it for free. That's oh, no, 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 no. stupid, outrageous. You know, you guys know how I feel about that. Like, yeah. It's it's mind blowing to me that people pay pastors so little. Yeah, because mm-hmm. whether whether you want to admit it or not, in reality, you show the value your values by what you spend your money on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so if the majority of a church budget is spent on ridiculous yeah. things, you're basically saying to the pastor, you're not actually that important. Mm-hmm. And if you're your pastor at that kind of church, what I would say to you is leave. It's probably an unhealthy place for you yeah. to shepherd. Mm-hmm. I'll say one other thing that I think we have really. I don't feel like we fought against it. I think that's the wrong thing. I think it's just not in our hearts to do it. So we've just never done it. But none of us have been concerned with ever promoting um, what I call a theological banner. So like some Mm. some people are like, man, we're Calvinist. We're a Calvinistic church. So we haven't had a lot of people who have just walked away from us because they were mad at us. But there was a family 10 years ago that said, you guys sound reformed, but you don't have that on your website that you're reformed. <laughs> and we're not. <laughs> and, and they said, you really should put that on your website. And because we refuse to put it on our website, they're like, well, I, I'm, or even say, or even say it from the pulpit. Yeah. Or, but like, we, we're not, we're not going to pitch Calvinism. We're not going to pitch Arminianism. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pitch pre-trib, trib, post-trib, mid-trib. Like those are, none of those are our agenda. Mm-hmm. And it baffles me. I was thinking about this this morning before, getting ready to come out here and record it it baffles me that for some people they are more interested in having their church understand the reformation mm-hmm. than they are the deity of christ his death and his resurrection yep. yeah and and i i just don't care it's not that i haven't read this stuff it's or not that, that it's not part of our history or that it doesn't have some value right yeah yeah, like I, I'm familiar with these things. I've mm-hmm. listened to sermons on these things. I've read books on these things. My goal is not to have someone leave Sunday morning with a really perfect view of the Reformation and why we're Calvinist or not Calvinist. Yeah. My view is for people to leave knowing who Jesus is and what he's accomplished and what he's yeah. done. And if we push people towards the scriptures, they're allowed to have those conversations sure. in light of the scriptures. Yeah. And that's what's been fun about the 456 is we have people from all different backgrounds. Yeah. And so we can have those conversations, but people aren't fighting and mad at each other because the goal is to know God through the scriptures. Yeah. In the in the teaching area. Yeah. You know, like we so we want to know what God has said. And so that becomes the barometer for the conversation instead yeah. of my feelings and my thoughts. Right. hundred percent. Which is fun. I think that's what I keep hearing from people at church is we've loved being part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I think that that's the other thing too. I've probably been told a dozen times in the last year. So, I mean, I, that feels like a lot, but mm-hmm. uh, I've probably been told, man, I've never been in a church before where I felt like I, I could ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of, part of the reason this is mostly coming from my Wednesday night group and my Tuesday afternoon group. And, and most of that is coming from the standpoint of me sitting in front of them going, look, so I was asking myself a question this week about the text. And I realized Mm. that maybe I was getting this wrong. And now they're feel because they see me as their pastor asking questions of the text. Yeah. They're like, Oh man, I can, I can ask questions about that. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, allowed to like, and you said it, Micah, just now, which is what caused me to think about it. But like one of the things that I try to convey to the people Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and I do this to, I think, a lesser degree on Sundays, but I, like we're still growing. We three are still learning mm-hmm. and we are inviting people to borrow from you, Micah, to go along with us on this journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not sitting here going, look, we got it all figured out. We're sitting here saying, 
what we do every, what you say every week, Pierce, on this podcast, keep Christ as core. What could be simpler than that? Mm -hmm. And that is our journey. And that is our aim as men and as husbands and as fathers and as pastors. Mm -hmm. And we are seeking to take a group of people with us on that journey. Um, and, and that, that is what the 456 is about. Yeah, we are, we are doing that. Yeah. And what we've seen through the years, which I think has been, has been, if you will, the rocky road for us is that there are people who want to jump on that journey with us. And there are people who don't. Sure. Mm -hmm. We've had people come who are interested in church looking a certain way and they come for a little while and they leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not everybody who's left is left for that reason. No, no, no. You know, sometimes people leave because of, uh, you know, fine reasons, but like, We've had a few situations where people have said this is not for us, and we're just totally fine. Totally okay. But this is how we're doing it. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. we're always up. I mean, I feel like we've always been this way. We're always up for like thoughts. If someone was sure. like, "Hey, I think we should do it differently," I'm always up for the thought on it. I think what what has been different about how we've done it is that hasn't been the thing that swayed us. What sways Correct. us is the 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 content, the goal. Yeah. And if the if the comment like, "I think we should do it a different way." is just another way for us, maybe a better way or another way for us to accomplish the goal, mm-hmm. the content we're in. If yeah, it's yeah. just, I don't like it, there's no, it's okay. not a big deal. We're just like, no, yeah. it doesn't accomplish our goal. And I think what it does is it actually tempers the situations where people have an opportunity to get their feelings hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do people get their feelings hurt? Probably from you guys less <laughs> from, <laughs> than from me. But like, I, I think what people have seen and are on board with is that we're going this direction and we want you to join us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come along with us on this journey. Yeah. Whatever background you're from, gosh, we have people from so many different backgrounds. Well, and here's an, here's the thing too. We really do believe just fellowshipping with people and loving people makes a difference. So like mm-hmm. in October when we did our... Uh, hot dog cookout and s'mores and had a cornhole tournament and had a trunk or treat for the kids. We didn't get up and do an hour long gospel presentation. We didn't have like, we're just like, we just told the church, look, we just ate hot dogs. Yeah. We just told the church, (laughs) come out and have a hot dog with us. Come and have some s'mores with us. Invite your friends. Like, and, and I think, I think that, I think that people forget that like Christ being core for you like, I, I really don't like the bait and switch. And mm-hmm. we've been really careful not to do the bait and switch. And just, I, I've, I've spoken at uh, chapel services or homeless shelters where they're like, we'll only feed you if you got your ticket because you listened to the sermon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, dude, just, just feed people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like show them Jesus, love them. Uh, yes. D- does the gospel need to be conveyed to people? Yeah. But I like, I don't know, man. I, at least in church is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it could look different. I think in other scenarios, Yeah, like I could. I could see some situations where that... I I would argue that in the three years that we've been in Dove Creek and we have our building, which was given to us, blessing by God, um, I don't think that... I don't think there's been a single message that I've preached where I have not proclaimed Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like every single message is rooted in who Jesus is and what the Bible declares about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, because that we do think is the primary thing. But we also think like sometimes just have a family into your house for dinner and play cards and laugh and watch a movie together or whatever, like love, just be with people. Like anyway, that's a whole other thing. Our perspective was never that church should be limited to like the, the gathering for for worship. I mentioned it briefly and I know we, we need to bring this to a head, but like churches, churches go, okay, well we need to do a Wednesday night meal, which is, listen, when I was growing up, the church that we'd, went to, did a Wednesday night meal. And for my family, it was a blessing. We didn't have a lot of money right. and mm-hmm. it was a meal for us. Like, yeah. 
So I'm not knocking Wednesday night meals. Don't hear that at all. What I'm saying is that churches have said, oh, here's another need in my community. So churches seem to want to go, well, let's create another program. Mm -hmm. And now you've got, literally, there are churches that have something every single night, every single day of the week programmed. And Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is teach people, like Katie, you mentioned Katie earlier, and I love Katie. She's been with us since very early, Mm -hmm. very early. And I remember her coming to you, Micah, years ago and saying, I think that we should, it's the summer, and I think we should start a, a weekly volleyball game with the college kids uh, at ASU. I forgot about that. And you told her, you're like, go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll buy you some Cokes and some waters or whatever, Gatorades, whatever you want, just go for it. And she was like, wait a minute, like y'all aren't going to do it. And, and you were like, you're a student there. You know, the people you're on leadership mm-hmm. at BSM. Like yeah, you, don't need you to do, do it. it. Let us know how you, how you need us to support you. I think that yeah. was one of the first times I met Miller. And, oh, really? and yeah. <laughs> what was so awesome about that is she did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we, we didn't have to create a church program. Katie just, volleyball. Katie just rolled with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think you guys were doing your coffee shop stuff back then, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and it was so beautiful because it was like, yes, way to go, Katie, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what we love is like, people are like, Hey, I, I really feel like there's this family in our church that maybe just, maybe just need some fellowship. Great. Invite them over for dinner. Yeah, 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 and yeah. instead of creating another church program to meet that specific family's need, we're just like, no, just we're teaching people. And the, the hope yeah. is that that becomes more organic as we go. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, and it, it has, where yeah. it starts well, to happen on, without even a conversation uh, with us. For, for 50 or 60 or 70 years, people have been subtly taught and sometimes not so subtly taught that the church has to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what we're doing now is going, no, no, no. We are the church. We, the people are the church. Just, mm-hmm. just go do it. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, just, just do that. And, and so anyway. And that's why I think part of what we're going to talk about in our next podcast, like understanding the roles of leadership in church mm-hmm. and how that affects the way that the church, the local church functions yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the health. It's been a fun journey. And I'm, I, I feel incredibly blessed to be doing this with you guys. And mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to 2023 and seeing what comes next. We yeah. have some exciting things happening this year. Yeah. I mean, I think we just say it like we were given a pretty big financial gift yeah. towards we're out of space. And so we were talking about doing an expansion on the building just because it would be cheaper than building a new, say building a new building, like building a metal building, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but <laughs> now with this gift, I think we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we're just moving forward with the, with the new metal building. We'll start. Yeah. Start pushing for that pretty soon. So should have plans this month done and ready to see. Yeah. So super exciting. The goal is to have space for at least 500 people so we can have, go back down to one service. Can y'all imagine what it'd be like to have one service? That's dope. I know. We've been at, we've been at two services for three years. In the last six months, we've been at three. If we have one service, we can start Sunday school. Hey, no, 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 no. My favorite form. Oh, yuck. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know if there, what's the simpler view? (laughs) Just joking. You know what it it really is? It's, I I used to think of it as trivial, but it's love Jesus, love people. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what it is. We're, we're seeking to make Jesus known and to love Jesus. And we're seeking to love people along the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dope. So I think, uh, now he's going to step on it. Wow. Well, I I think, I I don't think you'd like the text that they took that from usually. Probably not. So I think that I'm not taking it from a text, right? But I think they did, which is where you got it from, mm. right? I don't know. I th- you've heard people say it is what I mean. Sure. Like you didn't come up with that. So you no, heard no, someone no. say, "Yeah, I don't think you'd like the text that they they took that from." Where's so it from? Let's change it. Um, I believe it is. Um, 
I, b- I believe it's when when the Pharisees asked Jesus what the greatest commandment is. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm the Lord pretty God sure. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. I, yeah. I think that's where they got it from, and I don't think that's what the implication is there of what Jesus is saying. Like that, the yeah, church yeah, yeah. loves God and loves people. So, I think we should change that and say that it's that heart, but not from that phrase. No, you know I'm what I'm good saying? with it. Like, well, you know how I like to be specific with the Bible. I'm pretty, so. every time I've heard it taught, I've heard it taught from, from that, that text, passage. From that yeah. I've never seen anywhere else where we say like, this is what the church does. What the church yeah. does is they they meet together and they yeah. learn together and they grow together and they meet each other's needs. And Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah, be sure to, we'll continue the conversation talking next week about uh, church leadership and why we do leadership the way that we- Specifically ours, yeah. yeah. Specifically the 456 church leadership and why we do things the way that we do regarding that. So um, yeah, if you have any more questions about the 456, reach out to us. Um, you can go to the 456.org. That's always tagged in the show notes. Hopefully can, we'll have a new website. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Our website imploded in December. It did. Just from one single update. Ryan it touched it. It was not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan just picked up a laptop and our website got destroyed. <laughs> it was not my fault this time. Uh, I mean, it wasn't your fault either. It was just, just, just no. a couple updates that were like, you know yeah. what? Screw your website. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, you can still contact us on the site that's up there. Uh, you can reach out to the 456 on social media. Um, and obviously we are the overseers and pastor lead pastors at the four for these six. And so you can reach out to simpler pod with us on social media as well. And just any questions that you guys have, um, either about how your church may be doing things, how we've got to where we are regarding, regarding church. Uh, if we, if we mentioned any biblical text, but maybe didn't go to the addresses or dive deep into those texts in regards to how we, um, how we do certain things, then, then ask us and reach out. We'll be more than welcome, uh, more than open to continuing that conversation and talking about it through um, through with you guys. And so we're, we're thankful that we can grow that community. I'm also, man, it's not even November. And you know what? I'm thankful for Steven as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. We're uh, 10 months until we're thankful again. I know, exactly. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I just I'll sneak took, in a little bit. I just took down my Steven air freshener in the Jeep. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it's it's a it soft lost. top Jeep. And it just lost all its smell. It's yeah, not yeah, vanilla yeah. anymore. I need another vanilla. You man need some there. more vanilla, man, mm-hmm. man. Vanilla Man, man. <laughs> if you need Vanilla Man in your life, go follow at the Garden Audio. Uh, if you specifically want Vanilla Man, then reach out to to us. We'll give you some Vanilla. We'll try to figure out a way to get you some Vanilla Air Fresheners with Stevens' big old handsome face on it. Uh, like I said, he's at the Garden Audio. Go see what he's got going on over there, uh, leading into the new year and stuff like that. If you ever ever have any questions about the gear he uses, um, the stuff that he has in the studio, reach out to him. He's more than open to talk about it. I know it. I already mentioned our socials. We are at Simpler Pod on Facebook and Instagram. That's where you can get a hold of us and see what we got going on. All of our uh, individual accounts are also tagged on there as well. So if you want to see what's going on in the disc golf world or where Micah's going, if you want to go see uh, Ryan's artwork, go check that out. If you just want to see my baby girl, then you can go see, <laughs> see, go. see what's going on over there. Um, yeah, we're so thankful for you guys. Thankful for tuning in every week and uh, excited to continue the conversation next week. And as always, keep Christ as core. What could be simpler than that? We'll catch you guys then. Bye. Bye. Bye.